All right, we have started uh, a series called Between the Ditches. It's learning in a very basic scriptural way um, how to keep your life on the road and not living um, in a ditch uh, where there's a lot of debris, um, a lot of trash, a lot of bumps, and a lot of bruises take place um, in the ditch. Uh, my third child, Ruth Ann and I, and my son, Pete, uh, ran the turkey trot on uh, Thanksgiving morning. And um, it's so fun to run those organized runs because you get to run on the road. And they stop traffic. And you're not dodging uh, uh, street signs and garbage. And it's funny. It's like a uh, uh, Bugs Bunny cartoon. There are literal um, banana peels on the sidewalks that you have to dodge. Um, but getting to run on the road. And I want you to know your, God's, God's path for you, God's, God's desire for you is a smooth road, is a straight road, is a, is a road where we're um, safe. Doesn't mean there's not challenges, doesn't mean there's not turns, but he does not expect us or, or intend for us to live in a hard way, to not live an abundant life, to not live a life without provision, without breakthrough. Um, without his presence with us. And what happens so many times to us as we get going down the road is we allow things to pile up on us and kind of miss what God's trying to do in our life. So this holiday season, I just want to continue to encourage about how to stay um, literally on the straight and narrow. You can see that looks kind of straight and kind of narrow. It takes work. That doesn't just happen. If I'm left to myself, I am far off the road and usually don't know it. I think I'm still on. And then wondering, where's God? God's like, oh, I'm back here on my path. But get back on my path. So the t- intention is to stay on, stay on God's path. So first of all, we looked last time at some steps on how to stay on the road. And again, I'm just still um, introing, but I must accept my human limitations. This, is, this doesn't seem real popular, but I've got to remind myself, I'm not God. I'm human. I'm only human. Some of y'all can get that. I'm not even Superman. The truth is, we, we think that these limitation rules don't apply to us, that we're invincible, that we can keep going and keep going and keep going without rest and without recharging. And the truth is, we're only human. You are not indestructible. In uh, Psalm 119, verse 96, it says, Even perfection has its limit, but your commands have no limit. We have limits. I want you to know that my time is limited. My money is limited. My wisdom is limited. My energy is limited. Everything in your life is limited. Do you know why we don't believe that? Because the world teaches different. Look at that, find the t-shirts that say no limits. I'm sorry, I have limits. Please don't take me beyond those limits because it's not going to be pretty. We live in a culture that says the opposite. And you know, there's not those great books out there that says, your limited life. Instead, there's all these 
bestsellers that say you can be anything. There are no limits. Live a limitless life. Well, you can't be anything. It's not true. Most of us are not going to sing at the Metropolitan Opera. Some will. But I doubt there's any in this room. That's not because you're not awesome. I think you're awesome. But you're probably not. No matter how much you pray and desire for it. I am never going to fly like a bird. Even if my prayer life, even if I'm completely in tune with God and on fire for God, I'm not going to fly. I'm just not. Why? Why? Because God did not make me that way. God had a purpose in how he made me. And these human limitations, who do you think gave them to us? God. He did it on purpose. He gave us gravity. He kept us on the ground. They came from God. God is the author of our limits. He intentionally gave us limits for our own good, for my own protection, because he knows best. If I ignore those limitations, who's the one that gets hurt? Me. Unfortunately, we are not good at adapting to our limits. We always overestimate our abilities. Let me give you four areas of where our human limits are that, that we sometimes tend to miss. First of all, we need to accept our physical limitations. I have physical limitations. I cannot swim to Hawaii. Even though I'm a good swimmer. Even though I think I'm the greatest swimmer. I cannot swim that far. I can't go without sleep for a week. I have limited energy. And by the way, energy management is more important than time management. We all have about the same amount of time, but we all don't have the same amount of energy. Second of all, physical limits. Third, second, emotional limits. You have emotional limits. These are harder to identify, but they really affect your relationships. Think about your physical limitations. If, there were, if, the, if the church were to catch on fire and we couldn't get out and you started trying to haul people out, how many could you carry out? A few, a couple, till you're completely gassed. And I remember, you can't breathe either and you're trying to get out. I might could carry one or two, maybe three. I probably would kill myself trying to get my family out of here. But my, my physical body has limits. Eventually, I'm going to run out of gas, right? Well, think about emotional limits and how many people you're trying to carry emotionally. Just think for just a minute, not just your own emotional baggage, but the emotional baggage you're carrying. Can you carry 10 people? You're lucky if you can carry one or two. Our own weight is enough, but yet we allow emotional overload to take place in our life. Right? Everybody say amen. Amen. Third, 
We have mental limits. Sorry to say, you have mental limits. <laughs> you have mental issues. We all, it says in Scripture that the battlefield is in the mind. And we are limited creatures. There is a limit to how much information you can handle. Has your brain, have you ever felt like your brain was going to explode because you were on mental overload? Why? Because you can only take so much. We have to recognize our limits. You know, even our cell phones will tell us when they're about to go dead. We know it's coming, and we make adjustments for that. What do you do? You charge it. Well, I want you to know with your own limitations, and especially with mental and emotional limits, you have warning signs that are popping up saying you're at 5% but we ignore it. And unfortunately, we don't necessarily go dead. We just go bad. Things just go all bad. Finally, you have time limits. In Job chapter 14, verse 5, it says, you've decided the length of our lives. You know how many months we will live, and we are not given a minute longer. There are limits to our time. Our time is limited. God, you've given us only so many months to live, and you have set limits that we cannot go beyond. That's a different translation. You will never have more than 24 hours. However, there was a scripture where God made the time go back. There are exceptions. There are exceptions. But those exceptions only happen when we are in the will of God. God is an exceptional God. God can do exceptional things, but these things, we are going to be limited to ourselves unless we are in Christ. Are you with me? You have warning signals that tell you you've got 5% left and you need to go plug in. You have warning lights that start blinking. What are some warning signs? Pain. Physical pain. When I overextend my body in running or moving furniture, <laughs> um, my body tells me stop or raking leaves or anything I don't like to do. I usually have more pain when I'm doing those things I don't like to do, and that's a sign to stop doing them. But running, my body has, will tell me when to stop. Unfortunately, most of the time, I won't. So what happens? I wind up injuring myself so bad that, I, that it makes it worse than if I'd have stopped when I first noticed the pain. Same thing in your life. What's another, what's another warning sign? Stress. Stress. Fatigue. Church, listen to me. Irritability. Are you irritable all the time? I think that as basic and as simplistic as this message is, I believe that we can work through that irritability and have some peace. Have some joy. Have some fun. I don't know about you, but I like to have fun. I don't like to be overloaded on stress. What's another one? Apathy. You stop caring. Loss of enthusiasm, loss of joy. 
These are warning signs that you are at your limit. So step one, to causes of overload, are accept your human limitations. What are they? I want you to know in marriage, you need to know where your limits are. Number two, what causes your overload? Can you ask yourself? Um, Elizabeth and I have been praying uh, the last few weeks, and, and really, I've just been seeking the Lord to, to see, am I hearing? Am I hearing correctly? Am I really hearing your voice? And part of this is for me to be asking God, God, what is causing the stress in my life? Because I think that I know it or I think that I can handle it, but obviously I'm not handling it great because I've got these warning signs. What would my warning signs be? I don't sleep great. And God promises good sleep. So I've got a, I've got a not a paradox, I've got a problem that's not lining up. So, so my thing is not to try to get God to, to just fix it. No, God, tell me, where am I off? Because God wants to show me where I'm off. So when it comes to overload, God, where is my overload? I can tell you that a lot of the things that need to get off your plate is probably some of your favorite stuff. It might not even be bad. It just doesn't need to be on your plate. You may say, oh, no, God's going to take away my good stuff. No. He's going to give you a good life. He's after your life. He's after your heart. He's after your relationships. He's after your breakthrough. He's after your long-term blessing. These things that I think have to be there, if I will allow God to, I'm going to jump ahead, prune me. Yeah, pruning is not fun. I don't like it. But it brings life. So I, uh, these crepe myrtles out here, they, Justin and I are going to prune those in the next few days. And I just pruned mine at home. It's Ruth Ann's tree where she uh, used to be in her window. She's moved rooms now that my kids are all leaving home. They're all moving rooms. And we're not going to cry over that, at least not at this moment. But I pruned that tree. And sure enough, Sarah Beth, my youngest friend, came over. And we pulled into the driveway, and she just said, is that the way that tree's supposed to look? <laughs> what was funny, several things, is that she even noticed. You know, most of the time, we're just going 1,000 miles an hour, and you never even notice the obvious. But she's like, something's off. And it does. It looks awful. But I'm like, just wait until the spring. Wait till you see what will come of what I just did. Now, when y'all come here in the next few weeks and see our crepe myrtles, you're going to think, we have lost our mind. But nope. Watch what God does. does. Watch, what God, watch what God does to appropriate pruning. What causes your overload? What's causing stress? And you know what? The people near you can tell you. The people that are spirit-filled and know the Lord and know you can tell you. I'm telling you, that as uh, Brandon said, it's, it's not easy. This whole redemption thing is not easy. It's not pain-free. But the thing on the other side of it is indescribable. It's so good. 
Ecclesiastes chapter seven, chapter four, verse eight. It says, some people are never satisfied with what they own. They never stop working to get more. They should ask themselves, why am I always, work, why am I always working to have more? What a senseless and miserable life. If you're stressed and overloaded, change. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Don't be insane. Change. Make some changes. The third thing, steps toward staying on the, on the road. Expect problems. Expect delays. I'm talking generally in life. I must expect problems and delays. They're going to be there, Scripture tells us, but we don't act like it. The moment something horrible happens or a delay or a, a speed bump shows up, we start blaming God and blaming everybody around us, blaming our spouse and blaming life. God says, no, I told you it was going to happen. You're the fool. I told you. I told you to be prepared for this. This is going to happen. This is just part of it. Part of you getting from here to there is this road bump. There is a purpose for it. I don't think God puts those on purpose to injure us or to mess us up, but there are, is purpose on the other side of it. Every time there is purpose to what you're walking through. You have a godly purpose to what you're walking through. I'm not saying that what you're walking through is easy. I'm sure it's incredibly hard, but there is purpose to it. God's got a plan for you as you are walking through these things. Expect problems. Things are not going to go as planned, but we act like they will. You know there's going to be traffic, but you still leave late. Somebody say amen. Who here doesn't have some type of issue every time you get in the car? Not just every now and then, every time. There is something that happens between here or there. Every time. Jesus warned us in, in John 16, He said, in the world, you'll have trouble. Church, in your life, you're going to have trouble. We should expect problems, not be surprised when we have them. I am a pretty optimistic person. My attitude, usually I feel like things are going to work out, but sometimes, but sometimes optimism without planning, that's just stupid. I can't just be positive about something just for the sake of being positive. I have to work. I have to plan. I have to prepare. I have to be ready and then let God bless my work. Not do nothing and then ask God to bless that. What's a multiple of Nothing. Do the math. Thinking ahead. Proverbs chapter, uh, chapter 22, verse 3. Sensible people will see trouble coming and avoid it, but an unthinking person will walk right into, and later, into it and later regret it. You got to plan ahead. It's part of lowering stress. Part, Fourth step, almost done. 
Add some buffer space. Unplanned time. Honestly, I'm the worst with this. My wife has to plan for unplanned time for me. She has to say, we don't have a plan. I need to be able to plan not having a plan. No, I have to have that. If you don't plan for me to have downtime, I won't. And I will be frustrated and angry if we're not doing something. Just tell me we're not doing anything. We're not doing anything. Okay, that's all I needed. Literally, and I'll just go walk away and read a book and sit on the beach and chill. But until someone tells me it's like I'm on the spectrum or something, I've got to be told it's okay to not, not do anything. Can you relate? Half of you? Maybe 1% of you? That's okay. Airplane travel. They've got buffer time in there because turbulence happens, wind speed happens. Delays happen, so they place that in there. We've got to be ready and have some space to be able to be flexible. We've got to be flexible. A good lesson, again, we're going to be talking about finances and and the pressure of finances, but um, planning with your money. That's why Elizabeth talked this morning, and Dave Ramsey's real big on this, but I'm, I feel like this is God's plan, is pay God first. Get God involved in your finances. Get Him involved in what you're doing and the, the things that you're doing so that He'll bless the things that you're doing. Not let Him be last. When, when we've got nothing, we don't know what to do, and we don't have anything to give, but God somehow bless it, doesn't work that way. Give in faith at the, at the front end. Add some buffer space. Give yourself some room. You need some empty pages in your daytimer. You want to know one of the stress, most stressful things I can see in my life or in yours is if you show me your daytimer and it's completely full. That makes my head want to explode. I cannot think like that. I've got to have some space. You know, doctors are the worst. They're the worst. They never have enough time to handle the patients that they're seeing. And to their credit, they want to spend that one-on-one quality time with you. They don't want you to feel like that they're going to rush you and you're a number to them. Doctors, add that in. When I show up, I'd like to be seen within 15 minutes So when I get there. Nowhere else do we put up with that. But we put up with it there. Psalm 127, 2. It's senseless for you to work so hard from early morning and late at night, fearing that you'll starve to death. For God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. The faster I go, the more buffer space I need. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 15. I don't think I have, yeah, here it is. This one's a little harsh. Only someone too stupid to find his way home would wear himself out with work. That's the good news translation, if you want to go be picky with that that wording. Someone once said that if you use the word stupid, that you're not going to heaven. They accused Joe McGee of not being saved because he kept saying stupid. (laughs) Only someone... (laughs) I'm not kidding. 
yeah. Only someone too stupid to find his way home would wear himself out with work. Finally, prune. Everybody say prune. I need to prune my activities. Every year we add new stuff, but we don't take off the old stuff. You get too many irons in the fire, what happens? You put out the fire. You burn both candles at both ends. You burn the candle at both ends, what happens? You burn out. Pruning brings fruitfulness. You've got to build some space in your life. Ecclesiastes 3, 6, there's time to keep things and there's time to throw things away. What do you need to throw away? Hebrews 12, 1, we should remove from our lives anything that would get in the way and the sin that is so easily holds us back. 1 Corinthians 6, 12, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Finally, to give us some space to be able to walk with Jesus and learn. To walk with Jesus and learn. I'm going to close with this scripture. It's from the message, Matthew 11. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Can you go to the next? Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That is the way of going with the Lord. When we allow him to lead us and guide us, the things that we have that, that get placed in our responsibility and in our, in our day are not so much that will drag us to the ground. They're not so much that will make us irritable to not be able to love one another. They're not so much to stress us out so much that our health starts to fail. God has a great plan for you. Part of what my, uh, what my time right now, just as, as your pastor, but also just as a, a Christian trying to walk a Christian life, is learning to hear God clearly. I need to hear clearly, and I need, to be, I need to stop talking so that he can talk. And when he speaks, I need to be able to listen and to respond. And when he asks me to do something, my schedule doesn't need to be so full that I can't do it. Do you hear me? Being able to say no to some things allows you to be able to say yes to the right things. This morning, it being the 1st of December, we're going to take communion. And I just want to encourage you to, as we renew our covenant with, with Christ, with the blood of Christ, with the broken body of Christ, I just want to encourage you just to ask Him to help you. To help you in the things that you're going through. And I want to encourage you, listen. God's a God who speaks. God's a God who leads but do you know, in order for me to be led, I've got to hear. If I'm not hearing, I can't be led. So as we renew our covenant this morning, I'm, I'm going to ask Pastor Justin to come up. We've got little uh, 
buckets over beside you that have the communion elements in there. We all pass those. We're good Baptists. We know how to pass. Amen.